professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm the one, two, three thief. <laughs> and I'm the Shayna brother. Welcome to episode 94, Monday Night Raw. Welcome. Yeah, uh, Vince McMahon voice. <laughs> Raw. This was the 22nd episode of Monday Night Raw, produced by the WWF. It would air on June 21st, 1993 from the Mid-Hudson Civic Center in Poughkeepsie, New York. Ooh, is this our first one that's not the Manhattan Center? Yes. We've only, this is our third Raw? Fourth Raw? Third. Yes. I'm liking liking these uh, trips to Raw. Yeah, they're little fun little side trips, kind of check in on what's going on. Exactly. Not the the three-hour brain-bending shows. You yeah, know, sometimes, sometimes you get like short, fun f- matches. We get to see things build. Good little forty-five minutes to keep things fresh. Sometimes you get to see things build and never pay off, but that's wrestling. <laughs> that's definitely wrestling. <laughs> yep. But with us being in New York, Shane's probably got something delicious for us. I do, I do. So for New York, I was looking around trying to figure out something different, and we've done. Raw foods from New York. We've done stacked sandwiches from New York. We've done. I think we've had drinks in New York. We should do uh, Lucy, where we all just smoke a single cigarette <laughs> that we buy at a convenience store. I mean, I'd be game. <laughs> if you can find me a place that'll sell me a single cigarette, uh, yeah, there's, I'll buy three there's of them. probably one down down the street. And so yes, for our trip to Poughkeepsie, I typed in popular foods in Poughkeepsie just to see if there was something different that people in Poughkeepsie like to eat compared to people who are designated as New York City or Brooklyn or wherever. And one of the things that popped up, I shouldn't say one of the things, three of the things that popped up uh, at the top of the list were three bakeries. So I figured we were going to go pastry this time. I know we had some uh, cannolis in uh, Philly on the last show, but we are going to stick to the uh, the dessert side of things. Exactly. We've done more savory and... Wild flavors. Yeah, we're going to... It's time to snack. A little sweet thing. So I got a Napoleon. Once again, went to the uh, Ingrid's Kitchen here in Oklahoma City and raided their enormous pastry case over there. Um, Case, that's a better word. Yes. You go over there, and it's not just one case. There's like four of them that are just loaded with cakes and cookies and bars. And in this case, I got a Napoleon. It is baked puff pastry that is layered between... This one here is pastry cream. They can also do custard or, uh, I mean, any type of flavored layering that they want to put in there. Light, sweet. This one here, the the pastry is a little, a little tougher on it, but it adds texture to it. Yeah, I don't know if I could do the entire, entire Napoleon by itself, but you know, these three bites that I've taken off of my half of a Napoleon is already 
super sweet. They're they're fucking delicious. And if I had a cup of coffee, oh it'd yeah, probably, probably be that much better. But... Maybe cut it a little bit because my blood has turned to jello. And you guys <laughs> might need to call nine one one. Yes. I mean the the description on uh, on Google when I looked up exactly the the full description of a Napoleon, it even had the how to eat a Napoleon, which is basically <laughs> pick it up in one hand, take a bite, and then follow it down with a drink of milk, which makes perfect sense. I I substituted water at this time, but yeah. I mean they're good. If you've never had one, look for one. Try make one. You can Split probably one come with 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 with, uh, with someone exactly because this is, this is a. A lot to take in. Yes. While they're taking in those delicious Napoleons, something that would happen right around the same time as this Monday Night Raw, Sleepless in Seattle would be released the next week. Hell yeah. Love it. Hell yeah. It's good. It's a magic trick. It's a magic trick of a movie. It's like, oh, how do we make you believe? Like, it's all, the whole idea is that these people have never met each other. And they don't meet each other until like the last five minutes of the movie. And you have to believe that they, they are in love. How do you pull that off? And people normally can't pull off like romantic comedies in general, let alone one where they're not even in the same place. It's fucking it's magic trick. Directed by David Copperfield. <laughs> now it's uh, Nora Ephron, who's good at, very good at magic tricks. It also helps that it had two of the... Most likable Most people, likable people yeah. yes. out there yeah. in Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan. Yeah, America's eventual dad and um, At the America's, time, America's sweetheart. America's sweetheart. Yeah. yeah, and this is what the third time they they do this three times basically. Yes, this was number Joe two. First the volcano, not Nora Ephron, but then you've got male Nora Ephron, and I don't know which one I like better between the two Nora Ephron movies because they're both pretty fucking great. I mean, I gotta go with this one just because it it's was hard. Hard choice. It, I'm, a, it, I'm a you've got mail. Are you? Guy. I'm not sure. I'm kind of torn. Time to go to the mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> but then also, I always kind of, it, the, it, for, with Nora Ephron, I have like the, the, the trilogy, which one of them, of course, is not Tom Hanks. It's uh, Billy Crystal and When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. And of those three movies, I don't quite know which my favorite one is, but two of them are directed by Nora Ephron. All three are written by Nora Ephron. And they're all fucking great. Yep. Now, Sleepless in Seattle, I remember seeing that one in the theaters. Since since then, anytime Christmas comes around, and... Uh, Is this a Christmas movie? Well, it celebrates... It, it takes place over the Christmas yeah. season, because one of the scenes, she's listening to the the radio show. Oh, at the beginning of the movie, Christmas it's Christmas party. or whatever, because yeah. she leaves. She's driving, and she's singing about the horses, 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 and that's uh-huh. the part that pops into my head. Every time I watch the movie is yeah. Meg Ryan singing about horses, 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 horses. horses. Yeah. Uh, Talking about Seattle. dim sum. Never thought that I would like this movie as much as I did when I finally watched it, but I recently went on a Nora Ephron deep dive. Gotta say, there's a reason that uh, this movie is as popular as it is. Because it's fucking good. If you're a fan of Shouldn't How I Met Your Mother, they also do a, a little Ted Mosby reenactment of the... Uh, Empire State Building scene of Sleepless in Seattle all yeah. taking place with Legos. <laughs> it's great. It's good stuff. I don't know what to say. Like, what do you say? Other than it's great. Yeah, it's Who good. Yeah. yeah. It's one of those things, like, go into it with an open mind if you haven't seen it and allow yourself to enjoy it. Because it's easy to, like, take movies like this that are so saccharine and just assume, 
the worst, but if you sit down and just take it in, you might you might enjoy it. That's how it worked on me. I want to say the song Wink and a Smile came from this movie. I think it was nominated for an Oscar for best song. Let's call the whole thing off. We've got a raw to talk about. <laughs> we see highlights from six weeks ago when the kid beat Razor Ramon. One, two, three. Which we covered in episode 89. We then get the intro video for Raw. It's Raw. I can't do a Vince McMahon. I can't do any impressions. Why do I try? And Vince McMahon welcomes us to the show with Bobby the Brain Heenan and Macho Man Randy Savage. Where they preview the matches on the show. And when they're talking about Doink, Bobby has the camera follow him while he looks under the ring. Hmm. I mean, you know, Doink be crafty. He's out there pulling magic tricks. Sneaky fucking clowns. Wait, then we get our first match. The Steiner Brothers of Rick and Scott versus Barry Hardy and Reno Riggins. Woo! I wonder... Matt and Jeff's older brother? Could possibly win this match. I know that Hardy and Riggins have really been climbing up the card. We have seen Barry Hardy before as part of the... Lords of Darkness at the ECW Battle of the Belts. Was he? Episode Gilbert's 85. Now he's a partner. jobber to the stars. He's Dwayne Gill's yeah. tag team partner. Vince tells us that the Steiners and Money Inc. have traded the WWF Tag Team Championships back and forth over the last week, with the Steiners getting the last laugh the previous Saturday night at a house show. So the match starts off with Scott getting an arm drag, a spinning toehold, until Riggins can make the ropes. But Steiner follows it up with a T-bone suplex. Rick with an inverted atomic drop and a reverse running power slam into a turnbuckle on Hardy. Scott then comes in with an overhead belly-to-belly. Throws Barry into the corner so that (laughs) Riggins can tag in. Scott then nails Reno with a belly-to-belly as well before hitting him with a Frankensteiner. For the pin... And the win. Hey guys, Steiners, still pretty unstoppable. Fuck yeah. I mean, I, mean, I was, yeah, I was kind of worried going into this match, but was I mean, Reno Riggins is a pretty good wrestling name. Oh yeah, I mean, like, yeah, yeah. I pushed that dude to the moon. Mm-hmm. The Hardy Legacy, or at least the streets of Vegas. The Hardy <laughs> Legacy started with Barry, so I, I I imagine that like he has a singlet. That looks like a slot machine, and it's like all cherries. <laughs> Reno Riggins. Because he pays out. We then, get <laughs> we then get stills from the King of a Ring. I'm vamping here. And if you haven't listened yet to that episode, we covered it back in episode 92. Yeah, I mean, King of Ring 93, get to it. We love that episode. Yeah. We love that show. Yeah, we love that whole fucking week. So we covered that. We covered the, yeah, the... We covered it. We covered it. Listen. <laughs> we all wear the crown. You're all winners if you watch King of the Ring 93. Damn right. We then off to our second match. Doink the Clown versus Marty Jannetty in a two out of three falls match. And I think to myself, two out of three falls with Doink? Mm-hmm. What am I getting into here? Probably a couple Doinks. <laughs> yourself. Dang old Doinks. All these dang old Doinks <laughs> in my dang old ring. Doink comes out on a unicycle before getting that sinister look in his eyes. Is this our first unicycle appearance? I think so. <laughs> I was surprised that he came out on it, but I mean, you know. One day. He's a wrestler. He's probably got pretty good balance. One day, I'm going to figure out how to ride a unicycle. 
I'm more of a pogo stick guy. Done that. I've had the pogo stick. I've had the pogo ball. Yeah. I got to try the unicycle. I think being a fat man that is good on stilts would be pretty funny. Yeah. I don't know. Just thinking of. I haven't clown walked on shit. stilts in forever. I was I was way short back then, long before my six three days. Did you go to clown college? I did not. Okay. I always thought it would be cool though. Everybody was afraid of clowns, and I was the one that was just like, whenever. I just want to learn to juggle. Every time I've tried to juggle, I keep, it's impossible. I don't get it. Vince asks the brain what he saw under the ring. And he answers with just a bucket of bolts. <laughs> Sounds like old X has uh, sprung a leak or something. <laughs> I'm sure there's extra pieces. Match gets going with Doink. Keeps trying to draw Janetti into a corner, but Marty's too smart for that. Janetti then hits a monkey flip and an arm drag into an arm bar, but the clown escapes with a yank of the hair. Doink gets in Marty's face, challenging him to deck him, but he never does. So the clown goes for a clothesline, which Janetti ducks. Doink then telegraphs a back body drop, so Marty face plants him and locks on an arm bar, only for the clown to toss him to the ropes to escape. And who is he calling Bill Clinton's half-brother? You remember Shane? I don't remember. Me neither. There was a lot of Bill Clinton talk and of course some more Jurassic Park. Yeah. But I thought that Bill Clinton talk was... It's 93, I guess. Bust out your Bill Clinton bits. When he was still brand new, he'd... Yeah, he'd only been president now for six months, so... He's cool. He plays a saxophone. He's McDonald's. Mm -hmm. Doink looks to monkey flip Janetti, but Marty stops and drops him with a falling fist and locks on the armbar again. But the clown escapes by making it to the ropes. Janetti, with an Irish whip, charges in to hit another monkey flip and back to the arm, but a rake of the eyes escapes the hold. <sighs> Dirty doink. The clown then goes for a hip toss, only for Marty to reverse it into a backslide pin attempt for a two count. Janetti, with another Irish whip, charges in, but doink moves and Marty goes crotch first into the ropes. The clown then comes off the top rope with a whoopee cushion for the pin. An ass drop. So Doink is up one to zero. Can, can you go two in a row? Is it possible? It's possible. The clown continues the attack with hard Irish whips, causing Janetti to roll out to the floor. So Doink comes off the top turnbuckle with a double axe handle. Back in the ring, Marty starts firing up, cradling up the clown for a two count hitting a vertical suplex, and climbs up top. But Doink doesn't get up quick enough, as there is a five count when on the ropes, so the ref makes him get down. So Janetti just delivers a super kick, only for the clown to get his foot on the rope. Another telegraph back body drop by Doink, allowing Marty to face plant him again, climbing up to the top turnbuckle, coming off with the rocker dropper for the pin. Bum, bum, bum. So we're all tied up at one. Uh, I love the double axe handle spot where Macho Man says, Hey, he's stealing my move. <laughs> Janetti with an atomic drop, followed by a clothesline for a two count. And the clown rolls out to the floor, grabbing Marty by his feet, slamming his knee across the ring post several times. No, oh, he needs that to super kick him. To super cook, kick his stupid clown nose in. Doink continues working on the leg with a figure four only for Janetti to turn it over to reverse the pain. So the clown makes it to the ropes to break the hold. Doink's back working on the leg until Marty delivers a desperation back body drop, but the clown comes back with a single leg crab 
before turning it into an STF. Oh, I love that uh, Marty does the thing that the I hate, the, the, where he's <laughs> tapping too much, tapping. and even Bobby Heenan calls it out. He's like, hey, he gave up. Doink climbs up to the top, but Janetti beats him there, press slamming him off before delivering a flying back elbow and mounted punches. And while that is happening, another Doink runs down the aisle and hides under the ring. Mm-hmm. My uh, older brother, Doink, too. The crowd is like... Trying yelling at Marty, telling yeah. you know we've got two doinks. Another classic case of two doinks. So he goes to investigate. There's two doinks in Poughkeepsie. But this allows the clown to attack him on the floor, throwing Janetti into the ring post. Posted. Back in the ring, Marty with a drop kick that sends Doink out to the floor, and he crawls under the ring, and Janetti starts looking for him to you know crawl out the other side. But all he finds is a bucket of bolts. When the clown sneaks up behind him, only to be hit with a thrust kick, and the two run into each other, sending Doink back out to the floor. The clown is then pulled under the ring, and the second Doink enters. Spooky. Only to be cradled up by Marty for a two count. The second Doink slams Janetti's head into the turnbuckle, delivering a double axe handle and a pile driver for the pin and And the the win. win. But record scratch. Savage rolls into the ring, hits Doink with a double axe handle, hell yeah, and then goes to the floor to show the ref that there are two clowns. Heenan then leaves the commentary booth and makes it over to the Doinks. It'd be funny if Heenan like is leaving the uh, the table while like putting clown makeup on to be the third <laughs> Doink. <laughs> He's like, no. The referee then reverses the decision. So Marty wins two to one. Weird way to finish it, but I mean it's we're 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 in Doink territory. Yeah, it's a brave new world of grease paint and chicanery. Macho Man and Brain are like arguing with each other outside the ring as mm-hmm. we go to commercial, and we get an Ico Pro ad with Lex Luger. Oh yeah. And the GNC, and then even wear out the GNC. I don't even know if GNC is still around. You've got to want it. Yep. And then we get a WWF action figure ad with Macho Man. It's a Hasbro time, baby. Did you know those action figures? One of them features a knockout punch of Virgil. Virgil? Why did I say Virgil? Virgil. Because you've even you forgot his name. <laughs> exactly. No, uh, yeah. It's not I mean, Aurelian Smith Jr. <laughs> Virgil, Virgil can knock somebody out. Virgil? Mm. Still waiting to see it. It's quick on his feet. Yeah. Commercial's great. Love the commercial. Classic. We then get our third match. Mr. Hughes with Harvey Whippleman versus Bobby Who. Who? Who? Exactly. Bobby Who causes Vince and Heenan to delve into an Abbott and Costello routine for a moment. And it might be the worst ever Abbott and Costello moment I think I've ever heard. But Hughes still does have The Undertaker's urn. Still got a big old dent in it, too. Woo-wee. Perfect size dent. Yeah. It's like maybe... Head-shaped? Yeah. Sure. Sure, it's head-shaped. Clothesline starts things off, and Hughes follows up with a drop kick, A body slam and a running elbow drop. Goes for the cover, but he pulls who up. Who? Hughes Bobby. with a side power bomb. Again goes for the cover, but again pulls who up. He just, he's brutalizing him. 
Harvey yells at the camera that this is a lesson for the Undertaker. <laughs> Hughes with another power slam and again pulls who up. While all this is on happening, the cover. Vince McMahon asks us to, you know, if we don't got anything going on this weekend, catch all three Porky's movies on on the USA network this weekend. So to, you know, make sure that we're putting over the match and Mr. Hughes. I'd rather watch the three Porky movies than this match. <laughs> yes, even edited for cable. Uh, but I just thought it was funny. He's like, you know, watch the original original party movies or whatever. Was... Yeah, I mean, as, as impressive as Mr. Hughes' dropkick was towards the beginning of the match, I'd probably watch all three Porky's movies too. Even even the third one. I don't remember drop how kick well was pretty the third good. one was. Yeah, third, the dropkick was great. Yeah. Hughes then hits something between a spine buster and a choke slam for the pin. Spine slam? Choke, and the choke win. buster? I like choke buster. <laughs> well, it was like he like picked him up for a spine buster and then they like couldn't turn him, so he like grabbed his throat. And yeah. Like, I, was just like, I wrote down no weird clue. slam parentheses choke slam question mark because yeah yeah be ready taker whatever that is is coming for you Mm -hmm. it's single leg choke buster (laughs) i was trying to think of something but mr hughes doesn't really have it's yeah it's the uh security slam i guess i don't know what mr hughes is even outside of a security guard i guess who knows that's why it's a security slam vince bobby and randy then hype up yokozuna challenging anybody to body slam him on the USS Intrepid on All American Wrestling this weekend. If they if this, if they slam Yokozuna on that big boat, he's gonna fall straight through. They're all gonna capsize. Challenge, I guess, that the Navy is willing to take. <laughs> yeah, I just love that a bunch of people got on a big boat to see Yokozuna potentially slammed. Maybe that didn't happen. I don't know. But there's a nice picture of that big old boat. So we're off to our fourth match. Razor Ramon versus the 1-2-3 kid for $10,000. LOL. That's a whole lot of cheeseburgers. <laughs> His bag looks pretty light for ten grand. I don't know. I don't know so what ten grand looks like. The story behind the match was that after the kid had defeated Razor, Ramon would start offering money to get a rematch. But the kid kept saying no. Until Razor raised the offer to 10K. I mean, come on, 10K. Student loan. Being, how did he? He never thought he was going to make that kind of money in the wrestling business. Just a little guy. It's a lot of money at this time. <laughs> it's a lot of money tomorrow. I'd take a, a Razor's Edge for 10 grand. You see, Razor bring out a money bag full of cash, or he shows some of the money. Yeah, and ten thousand dollars isn't really that much, actually. If don't really need a bag. It's literally a wad of cash. I mean, it looks better. Maybe but it looks it better to have yeah, the bag. Yeah, yes, agreed. Ramon looks to attack the kid while he's on the apron, but one, two, three ducks, slamming Razor's head onto the turnbuckle, and then comes off the top with the sunset flip for a two count. One, two, three. Ramon's hit with a spinning heel kick for a near fall. And the kid then with all kinds of kicks until he runs into a fallaway slam. Razor delivers a vicious clothesline, follows it up with an elbow drop, a choke slam, before locking on an ab stretch. Ramon's just toying with one, two, three, slapping him across the back of the head 
before hitting a power slam and a back suplex off the middle rope. He's just a boy. Razor then tosses the kid out to the floor and follows out, starts ripping up the pads around the ring, looks to hit the Razor's edge. He's going to kill him. But one, two, three reverses it into a back body drop. The legs are pretty strong to Mm -hmm. back body drop a guy that size. The kid then goes up to the top rope. No. But he slips and falls, going face first into the concrete floor. Yeah, it is awful. It's like right at the where the concrete meets the pad that's still on the ground. Yeah. It is... was terrified yep. watching it. I was like... Was this, <laughs> that slip, before he even touched the ground. Ugh. Yucky. Even if he had just slipped and fell onto the apron, it still would have been <laughs> bad. bad. Yes. Yeah. Potentially worse. Yeah, I forgot he had fallen. Ramon then rolls one, two, three back into the ring, tossing him to the corner, charging in only for the kid to move. He then jumps up to the top rope, coming off with a moonsault for the pin, and no! Razor kicks out. The kid then rolls out of the ring, grabbing the bag of money, and takes off to the back. Go on, take the money and run. With Ramon chasing him through the backstage. One, two, three jumps in a car outside of the building, and it takes off right as Razor makes it outside. And the official decision... Is that it was awesome? ...was a double countout. When he does that moonsault, his knee, like, lands... He just, like, hits Razor right in the head with his knee on that moonsault. Ugh. A couple of, of scary little spots here. We go back to ringside, and Vince is interviewing Ramon there. And he says... Nobody rips off the bad guy. You could run, but you can't hide. Razor is after you. And then we get another action figure ad with Macho Man. Brother. And the McMahon hypes up next week before highlights of the evening, and we go to black. Also, they keep trying to tell you to, uh, you know, get that King of the Ring replay on pay-per-view. Absolutely. Because that's how that worked back then. Yep, the Encore broadcast. Yeah, the live show would be on Sunday, and the replay would be on Tuesday. Yeah. So they'd sell it on Monday. Yeah, you can't can't just log into the internet to watch it. It's not going to be on the Blockbuster shelves or your local home video shop tomorrow. Nope. So why is pay-per-view meant something a little different at this time? So I ask you gentlemen, what are your overall thoughts of Monday Night Raw? One, two, three, thief, man. <laughs> the, the kid with the money. Fun. Super fun. Even those those two scary little spots, especially, I mean, the head thing. Like, Razor Ramon can take a knee to the head, but uh, not many people can take concrete to the face very well. No. no. <laughs> not and bounce, you know, right back up and, you know. Yeah, I know. I'm just salt. like, oh, man. That was great. I'm feeling weird about the clown Jannetty match where I'm just like, I wanted to like it more than I did. That's all. I just like wanted to care more than I did. That's kind of all I got. I know where you're coming from on that. I was that same way. I mean, growing up, I was you know huge Rockers fan. Loved both Sean and Marty. Sean has obviously since then elevated and become a, a new persona, and Marty is kind of stuck treading water in the same character with the same move set, same music. And he's also having to deal with, like, a two out of three falls doink match. Yeah. Which I think, on paper, this, 
I think is more fun than it ended up being for me personally. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a horrible match. I mean, no, it was I, good. It was I cool. really liked the I match. I liked it more than I, I thought I, it was going to. I literally, too. I'm always, I'm like, more doink, more one, two, three. Yeah. It's always good for me. Yep. The only, my biggest disappointment is I wish they would have put the Steiner title change. Like, yeah. have have them in money. If, if you literally are going tra- to trade trading. the belts yeah. over the last week. And we have to watch. Just put it, just yeah. Put the title change on TV instead of having it at the house show. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, against like Bobby, who two and who three, and then I mean, this, it was thing one and thing who. I mean, another Steiner squash <laughs> match nice. does nothing for me. Like if you added up the time that Steiner's of Steiner's matches since the time they arrived in WWF at this point, it might be less than an hour. Mm-hmm. Easily, and we're in June. So I mean, yeah. they've been there six months, and like. I haven't really done shit. They, yeah, maybe they're just scared because they don't have anybody they can put up against them. I don't know. I mean, they don't. Yeah, I, mean, the yeah, I guess I guess that is does kind of answer the question. Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smark it up. So what are some of your best moments of the show? I mean, that moonsault was great. <laughs> moonsault is great. The, the one, two, three kid... The smack in the concrete, as, as painful as it was, it was... It definitely, I definitely was already, like, at attention throughout that match, but I, my spine stiffened when I saw that, and my brain hurt a little bit. Oh, the more I look back on it, the more the doink match kind of grows on me. I love that the crowd, like, as soon as the other doink comes out, the crowd's just like, right there, that. like, on it, just yeah. being like... And Marty actually listens to them. Yeah, I know. That, honestly, that's great. Because there's how many times have you seen stuff where, like, a wrestler, the crowd is yelling something and they're just playing what? dumb or whatever. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I, I like that. I had the foresight to know that the crowd was going to say something. And, and Savage and Bobby getting involved mm-hmm. in yeah. the match as well to kind of help put it over just a little bit more. Yeah, like, I didn't think that it was bad. It was just one of those things that I wanted to be more invested in it, but I don't quite know why I wasn't. Not sure. Can't haven't cracked it. I may never. But it didn't suck. I'm not saying that. Yeah, definitely not. Anything disappointing? Giving Mr. Hughes time, but I guess you have to build him because he's got the. Yeah, earth. that's that spine buster, choke slam, whatever. That's. It's such a horrible botch. It's the security slam. Yeah. Because I'm like, you can't tell me that that's all Bobby Who's fault. Like, Who knows what it was. Like, literally, a spine buster should be one of the easiest moves to do. Maybe he was trying something out new. Maybe they, they practiced it. <laughs> I'm sure they practiced it. Yeah, I mean, disappointing for me, again, that first match, the Steiner brothers. Just squashing. They're, they're the new tag team champions, and they're in a squash match. Why? Yeah, if anything, yeah. it's like they should they should have squashed until they got the titles and then have Money Inc. come back out at the beginning of the show and do something to you know, at least say, hey, we want a, another shot or attack I mean, them I would or have something. even just preferred just like a confrontation between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. That, to me, that would have made more have sense. Have IRS come out and, you know, we're reclaiming our tag team belt because you yeah. haven't paid your taxes or have, something. Or, yeah, <laughs> or have, have them try to damage the Steiners so the jobbers can take the belts and they could easily beat the jobbers or whatever. Just any any fuckery. Anything yeah. that 
wasn't just this again. Gives us something of the Steiners yeah. and not just... But apparently they've traded the belts back and forth over the last week. So it's like maybe they the decided WWF... the only match they wanted to show was a squash match. Yeah. Maybe the WWF just doesn't want to pull completely pull the trigger on the Steiners and they don't know what else to do with Money, Inc. Because they're not going to put Ted in a singles and they never really did in any real way, unfortunately. Ted's been just fucking free-floating for so long. It's so weird to have such a huge talent they built so well and then just fucking mid-carded out for so long. Yep. It's a shame, but I mean, we all know that's that. exactly the plan that he had for himself was, okay, I want to be done and just kind of coast along in the last little bit of my career, but I, don't, I just don't see that being yeah. the so, case. I, mean, I don't think anybody ever really wants to do that. <laughs> no, those. no. If you, don't, if, you're not, if you don't, like, at least... I mean, if it looks like you're not going to be doing anything, then you got to reinvent yourself and yeah. possibly do other things, which DiBiase, I think, does a good job of doing in his career. Oh, yeah. Because, I mean, it, I think he probably saw the, I mean, the, easily... the writing on the wall that he was never going to be that main event guy. Which so... is a shame because they brought him in, like, it's one of the best builds of a new character Absolutely. ever. And, like, he just, they just never actually he just pulled was the trigger in the wrong on. era because... Yeah. He's not as big of a guy, but we he also the dominance the, of Hogan. In the few times we actually see him work, like actually work, he's great. Absolutely. You just never really see it. He never turns it on because he's being the heel. Let's see, they could have reinvented him, had him file for bankruptcy, <laughs> something. <laughs> he could come back as the new common man. Yeah, he's like uh, Ted DiBiase, but like kind I'm of Oscar the, the Grouch, Oscar the Grouch vibes, where he's just like. Comes out in like a burlap sack. He's poor now. What'd you call him? Having come out to Common Man Boogie, which is Dusty Rhodes' yeah, music. Yeah. Best performer of the night. Hmm. I mean, I'm torn Sean, on that one. Sean fucked up twice. So, I mean, one, two, three. Sorry. Okay, I'm like, Sean, what? Yeah, I was like, Sorry. Yeah, I said, <laughs> his name's Sean Waltman. We're calling one, two, three kids weird. I mean, I think it's Marty. Marty was yeah. selling all over the place for Doink. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd say, I'd say I'm say torn Marty. between those two, Marty and, and Doink, just because not only did they, but have Doink their, too their good is the match. one that hit the big move, so can't even give him credit for it. I'm definitely giving it to hours. Marty. That's why I gotta give it to Marty. There's no Marty Janetti too. No. <laughs> I bet that Marty's just, body wishes there was a Marty Janetti too. Not, not to spoil too many uh, things, but just give it a few years and you'll 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 take that statement back. The new rockers. I know what he's talking about. How about most surprising? I mean the money thing was I didn't expect I didn't expect there to be a weird money match and I really didn't think about him just I mean, taking they, off with it. So that was keep, awesome. They kinda and, keep up the Razor one, two, three feud. In a in a way that like is still interesting and still really fun, and yeah. like even Macho Man, as he as a one two three kids running away, Macho Man just legitimately just says the word awesome because he thinks it's awesome, and you believe it when he says it because you also are like in your head this is pretty awesome. Making their way to the ring, it's trivia time. Oh, is it now? Bum, bum, bum. I mean, I don't know if I'll ever be able to pull off what Shane did last week. <laughs> I know, Shane took the lead. 17 to 13. Woo! I mean, the poll. You gotta respect the poll. I mean... I don't know where it came from, but... You guys saw my reaction when yeah. he said the answer. I was like... Uh, he's like I made sure I didn't put the answer <laughs> on the sheet. But this week, the category is... The Champ is Here. 
champ is here! The champ is here! I will name a show and a championship, and you give me who the champion was at the end of the show. If you can answer without multiple choice, five points. With multiple choice, three points. And you have to buzz in. The show is WCW New Japan Pro Wrestling Super Show 2. And the belt is the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Super Show 2? I'm just going to go for it. Chono? Masahiro Chono is incorrect. All right. Hmm. Did, did, fuck, I don't want to say it now, but we watched three super shows, right? We have watched three super shows. Okay, okay. From the first super show, I only remember the tag team. Or wait, was that the second one with the Steiners? That was the first one. Okay. <laughs> it's, yeah, that's I'm the hard part. I'm like, mm, which one? So I just kind of went with a moderately educated guess. Um, uh, but it wasn't right. So the answer is not. Masahiro Chono. Heavyweight championship? Heavyweight champion. Cat. You have the option of going to multiple choice. Well, right now I'm the only one answering. So <laughs> you might as well. You're see. ahead, too. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. We'll, Say uh, Scott, Flash, we'll Norton. And, we'll go ahead and do some multiple choice then. Multiple choice. Your four options are. Oh, my God. There I, there I go. Masahiro Chono. <laughs> Riki Choshu. Tatsumi Fujinami. And Keiji Muto. <sighs> Super Show 2, IWGP Heavyweight Champion. The Tokyo Egg Dome. The fourth one was the one that I was thinking originally, but I couldn't remember exactly how to say the name. But then you said the third one, and that one kind of sparkles now in my brain. Hmm. Fujinami or Muto? No, right. Michael kind of made it instead of a 25% chance, it's a 33% <laughs> chance. Yeah, I know, it sucks. But I mean, you know, it's not like you were going to be like one Japanese guy and then like Scott Flash Norton. And who was um, the second guy? You know, Ricky Choshu. Ricky Choshu. And at the same time, am I confusing the G1 Climax names? It's all the same guys, really. I know. <laughs> I just, it's which just one? a matter of trying to remember... Which color trunks were facing each other at that time? We'll just go with Muto, because that was who my original brain answer Fiji was. Muto is incorrect. Uh, was it Fujinami? It was Fujinami. All right. No. It oh, it was Choshu? It was Ricky Choshu. I do yes, not I remember, remember Ricky Choshu having the... Ch- Ricky Choshu... I know he was a champion. Beat Fujinami for the belt. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, yeah. I think Fujinami. that's right. Yeah, that was my first Japan show, I believe, so I... Yeah, the names I don't remember. I, in my head, I, when you said Fujinami, I was like, it was Fujinami. But I know it wasn't Muto yet. It was like the one thing that I was... Yeah. That's why I said Fujinami, because I was like, well, I know it's not Keiji Muto yet, but I feel like... That was when, uh, yeah, Choshu beat Fujinami, and Choshu had the greatest 18 championship, and Fujinami had the IWGP championship. Oh, okay, yeah. And they unified the... The, the titles. Yeah, okay. So no points. It's all right. For anyone. Shano's still ahead. 17-13. Next week, Beach Blast 1993. Is it possible that there's a Beach Blast 1993 match that even holds a candle to one of my favorite matches we've covered on this show from Beach Blast 1992? I don't know. I haven't watched the show yet. 
We'll find out. But who knows? Which was the match from 92, I'm trying to remember. Come on. Come on. Two or three falls. Steamboat and Rick okay. Rude. That one was? Okay, that was Beach Blast. One of the greatest things that I've ever watched. Was that Beach Blast? Yeah. Or was it Bash at the Beach? It was a beach thing. <laughs> it was a beach show. Is it? Yeah, it probably was. Yeah. Beach, beach, no, 92. Because what's there between Beach Blast and Bash at the Beast? Blue Beach. Are they different shows, or bash, they just like change the name at some point? Beach Blast becomes Bash of the Beach in '94. Okay, so that's yeah, that's why I'm always like, well, I don't know which one to call it. Why'd they change the name? Mm. I don't know which one's better. I guess Bash at the Beach might be better. But it doesn't matter. You can't have two beach themed shows. God damn it! For Beach Blast, there is a mini movie. Oh, the Sand Castle, the Tan Sand Castle of Fear, <laughs> right? <laughs> is that what it is? I don't know if it's... I know it was on the pre-show for the Beach Blast, but I don't know if they actually show it on the actual episode. Okay. But we're going to watch it because we love the mini-movies. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, I'll I'll actually watch this one. The last one I missed, but I reenacted it. I don't know if we'll reenact this one. I'm sure we will because we've had a blast doing it. We got it. But at least I can get more into character if I watch it first. But if you want to watch it as well, along with Beach Blast 93... I do know that it's on the Saturday night, WCW Saturday night from June 19th. Okay. So you can watch it there. It's crazy that they would not play those on the pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it is or not. Yeah, I know. I know. I have, but I mean, I I'm just there. thinking in my head. It's like the third time you got to just put it on the fucking thing. It but. is the one that I'm thinking of, though, I hope. Yes. It yes. Is. The yeah. Tan Sandcastle of Fear? Yes. Music from this week's show is Monday Night Raw, and I think One Two Three Kid got the upper hand, so I'm gonna play his theme music. He yeah. got the money, and it's, it's called, all about the bag. It's called One Two Three, oh. and that one's also by Jim Johnston. So it goes both, like both this: that. You can rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcasts at, or you can email us at wrestlinghistoryx at gmail.com. Any questions, comments, concerns, recipes? Yep. Hogan Bond. hot takes. <laughs> we'll take Hogan hot takes. <laughs> okay, of course. No, it's all been said. It's all been said. But we're going to Biloxi, Mississippi, for mm. Beach Blast. So that's I think the we got new first time to Mississippi. If it's not the first time to Mississippi, it's definitely the first time in Biloxi. It's the first time for me in Mississippi. So yay! Am I that means I might need help because uh, I've been stuck on Georgia for Southern states and. Yeah. Well, now you've got Mississippi on the mind. Yeah, we've done Georgia. We've done... Has it been Louisiana? No, uh, it hasn't been yet. We've done Louisiana. I don't think you have. Yeah. I don't know so, if yeah. you missed it. Shoot me, some, uh, me some, some tweets on Twitter and say, tell me what the hell people in Mississippi eat or drink. Because, I don't know. Like you said, you can also send all that stuff to our Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. Laters. <laughs> Laters. <laughs> we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>